We needed a miracle. And then we got one. This beautiful and special little creature will be a revolution in the livestock industry. Our super pigs will not only be big and beautiful, they will also leave a minimal footprint on the environment, consume less feed, and produce less excretions. And most importantly, they need to taste fucking good. to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew. All right, going to start right off the bat by thanking everyone who spread the word about opening night at The Irishman at Holiday Cinemas in Wallingford, Connecticut, which of course is tonight, November 15th. For those of you who haven't bought tickets and you live in Connecticut or Southern Mass., Head over to HolidayCinemas10.com right now because these tickets are moving. Uh, Last I looked, there were very few tickets left for the 7 p.m. and they added a 9 p.m. show. I will be in the lobby until I head into the 8 p.m. show, so plan accordingly. Our movie review for this episode is a very timely choice. It seems like everyone is talking about our movie's director and his latest movie, Parasite. Of course, I speak of South Korean director Bong Joon-ho. While he is on fire in 2019, it was back in 2017 that he made a big splash with the Netflix original movie, Okja, with a deep cast that features Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano, Giancarlo Esposito, Lily Collins, Steven Yeun, and an adorable animated super pig named Okja. We will talk about this movie and the career of one of the best filmmakers we have right now. With Parasite firmly in the Oscar race, I decided to bring back my buddy, also Mike of the popular movie podcast, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, which previews and reviews Oscar races past, present, and future. You can listen and subscribe to Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else. And you can find them on Twitter at MM and Oscar. And of course, if you like what you hear in this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Nomcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get quality podcasts. And be sure to give us a five-star review. Okay, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope to see all of the Nomcast fans tonight at Holiday Cinemas in Wallingford, Connecticut for The Irishman. Man, yeah. we, we we had yeah, the yeah, yeah. political discussion last time. That's why I wanted to ask you this: like, like, am I going into a, a, a vegan conversation? Like, right. is this conversation? Am I going to walk out of this saying, "I just can't eat pigs that are this fucking charming"? <laughs> I just can't do it. Well, Never going to be able to do it. At least the animal that he created is like an amalgamation. It's like a this is a Disney character. Come on, it is. Well, actually, uh, and we can get into it. I mean, the weird thing about this is that. I when I first watched this movie, mm. I was like, "This 
isn't a, a typical like I came off of it. I only saw Snowpiercer going into seeing Okja. Right. And to see this movie, it has some similarities, but this movie almost felt like an anime, like a live action. It felt like a, a Miyazaki movie. Like it felt like I was watching. Well, especially there, there's actually a great. I think it might be a Tumblr account, but it's definitely a blog mm-hmm. where online where they have a dedicated one just to Okja, and they have a great side by side with this and my neighbor, my neighbor Totoro. Sure. And it's almost identical the play sessions that you know Miha has with Okja, so it, it's very interesting. And and obviously even the color is the same hmm. basically as Totoro, and and you have a lot of these similarities, and it's very fascinating. Big Hero Six as like yeah, a, sure. you know a modernization of of the whole anime thing. Yeah. But my brother said this to me yesterday. Telling me that you know Okja reminded him of an anime, and I was almost like, "Right, can I say that, or is that kind of almost maybe, perhaps, possibly racist?" No, <laughs> no, I, I don't think I, you're right. I, I and mean, the fact that you're you're confirming this, yeah, now, yeah, because you're like, yeah, Totoro. There, there's a precedent, right? And uh, of course, Big Hero Six. Like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. I mean, even the the Abominable. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning this now. Abominable. I mean, that's an old anime trope. I guess. Yeah. Miyazaki, they like those stories. So sure. That, that totally fits. Yeah. And, and, and I was giving him the side eye, the liberal <laughs> side eye. How dare you? I don't know if you should could say that. I know. We're all so sensitive. <laughs> and obviously, uh, this movie fucking plays on all of that. Oh, yes. So we're, we're going to get into that. But yeah, I mean, I went into it. I felt like a live action anime because I watch I watch a lot mm. of those type of movies. I love Spirited Away, you know, Kiki's Delivery Service. I watched all those uh, growing up. And they're great movies and they have that kind of spirit obviously korean versus japanese and whatever sure. you, it it yep. shouldn't matter obviously influence is influence and even though right out of his own mouth bong will completely say that he is hitchcockian he he likes to kind of be genre fluid he mm-hmm. likes to you know just play with whatever he has the whim for and and hitchcock was really good at that but obviously he always likes to I think I have a, an exact quote that I actually really liked uh, that he, he had said uh, something about, uh, where is it? He says he wants to be Hitchcockian and make things you've never seen. He likes to wrap his themes in humor, but there's a sharp blade behind it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that is every one of your movies, dude. Like, <laughs> especially after seeing Parasite last night. That is, I think that movie is his most Hitchcockian that I've seen. Uh, I know you were saying that he had some other previous stuff that kind of leans Fincher, which is not too far off. Yeah, Memories of Murder is like a Fincherian mystery, if I'm in, if I can invent a word for right. a moment there. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it is something that just absolutely haunts you, and yet you have these bumbling cops and detectives yeah. <laughs> falling down hills, right? And you're laughing your ass off. Like I'm laughing my ass off, and then there's like horrific murder yeah or the finding bodies in yeah. the very next scene and it's just so different than yeah. what fincher would do if fincher has a oh, joke yeah it's the smoothest it's the slyest joke oh, ever yeah but bong joon ho i mean he has these overt scenes of comedy like there's a crying scene in the host yeah where i'm laughing like i'm crying laughing yeah at the family crying hard yeah 
and how how dare I? But he's yeah. making me do this, and yeah. you're, and you're absolutely right. Parasite at the the moment you wouldn't expect you're you're laughing uh, continuously. It's not Tarantino level of mischievous, right? But it's definitely on purpose. Yeah, and I he does definitely have things he likes to to go with, even with going uh from from genre to genre he still likes to play with humor all the time he never takes himself serious and if you've ever seen an interview with him mm. he doesn't he does the same thing he's yeah. constantly laughing constantly making jokes try especially if he's in one with song from from parasite and uh snowpiercer they're best friends like they constantly are just cracking jokes and trying not to and trying to make light all the time and and he's constantly making jokes and i love that about him he's he's a character onto himself Mm -hmm. and and it shows in his movies and and i noticed from just i've only like i've said i've only seen snowpiercer okja and now parasite and (laughs) there's a few things he really likes um he loves food production yes apparently uh on on many levels on multiple he movies. loves the making of food too like the ramdon yes. scene yeah Do you, how delicious did that ramdon look in parasite my god Absolutely i would eat that amazing. immediately well i mean it's like a pristine kitchen oh. like the kind you want that whole house is unbelievable mm-hmm. Uh, and and it made everything just pop. But even going back to Memories of Murder and the host, I mean, you got some grand spreads and the host. I mean, they're making yeah. like uh, microwavable foods. Like yeah. you see, like all the fast food yeah. and all the just you know do it yourself yeah, last minute he stuff. Has a large he loves nation with it yeah. absolutely. And then and Snowpiercer it, with the whole blocks. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole look, subsection of that. Yeah. I probably I take a bite. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> I know a human tastes like I thought like there was some line that Chris Evans has in that. Yeah, it's unreal. And, and then, then yeah, barking. Even going back to his first movie, Barking Dogs Never Bite, which was hard to find by the way when I, I, when I originally. Yeah, I like I remember going through like a Bong Joon Ho phase, and okay. then I was like, I couldn't well, I'm there find, with you now. So man, if you know where to find them, I you couldn't find it. This is like before the internet, where you can just type it in and find it wherever it was right, yeah. you can get at it yeah but this, this was like i was in college 2007 2008 and i i wound up having to go i think the new york public library because yeah. i was at fordham and I, I i couldn't they didn't have it at our library right so i went i went in there long story longer I, i'm watching <laughs> this and it's all about eating dogs it's all about eating weird meals oh, oh my geez. god it's just terrifying but when, i mean obviously it's not condoning eating dogs when did the host come out the that was around that was time. Two thousand and six. Okay, and it was yeah. my first New York Film Festival experience. I think I'm getting confused in my memory bank. Okay, I should remember this. <laughs> I saw a Bong Joon Ho movie at the New York Film Festival. I don't remember right. if it was Mother the year out after I was out of college or right. if it was this one. I just remember I was so disappointed because it was a Q and A list. Right, it, there was no Q and A after nah. the screening. It was just like the other screening that you go to at the festival that yeah, they hold. That's a, that's a weird movie to kind of just leave. You know what I mean? I was like, so mad. Any of his movies. Yeah, I yeah. was so mad. I was like, like, I have so many questions. You just had a monster <laughs> that was a criticism of chemical warfare, yeah. and you're not going to be here to talk to me about it? I just, you know, I just yeah. traveled two hours to be here. Or right. <laughs> well, that, that leads me into one of his other things, mm. uh, besides food production. Class warfare yeah. is large in this in in this movie movies, and sure. and Parasite for sure and Snowpiercer and I I haven't seen the host but it seems like it oh, plays into definitely. that for sure and and another thing he loves which is also in Okja as well Tilda Swinton loves that yeah. chick 
And, you know, obviously, and he, he carries over certain people. And obviously, as far as Americans, Tilda Swinton is definitely his, his cup of tea. Everybody lauded this for being such an international production. And yeah. I hope this is where we're going, especially with Netflix as an opportunity yeah. source yeah. for all of this. Uh, but Tilda Swinton, both these roles are yeah. so much fun to watch. And yeah. I don't know where you stand on Jake Gyllenhaal. I think I enjoy like the over-the-top performances sometimes. Look, yeah. here's a weird scenario. Like I didn't love it when we reviewed The Laundromat with right. Meryl Streep. Yeah. I kind of laugh when Jake Gyllenhaal right. is doing the squeaky <laughs> yeah. voice thing, and yeah. he's, he's such an egomaniac, but he's also like this guy that's just riddled with all this guilt. And right, he's, he's taking you know punches throughout his career, and yeah. here he's forced to do this, and he hates it. Oh my god, that, those scenes! I mean, he's playing ten different emotions in that yeah. crazy that cuckoo scene at the uh, you know the factory there. Yeah. my god, I mean, I'm really impressed with him. And then he does something goofy like he's posing yeah. like in front of a portrait on top yeah. of the little pillar that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mija comes out of for the grand uh, yeah. reveal at the uh, whatever that uh, unveiling it was. I think my favorite scene with him, because you get every version of mm. him, is when he first meets Okja in the flesh when he's well, we at walked the up bar the mountain and had to yeah. walk up the mountain. <laughs> and, and he's like flabbergasted, going crazy, drinking other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. But then even when he has like an emotional moment, he has to like snap his people like, Film this, yeah. Film this. Like, I'm not gonna get this emotions again. Like he's, uh, he's building into it those breathing exercises. But yeah, you're like you can't yeah, fake these emotions. Fucking film me, Jennifer. I can't <laughs> fake these emotions. He's so like that made me laugh so hard. It's a good. It's a good sign when yeah. reviewing a movie. And I, Mike and I talk about this once in a while. But yeah. it's a good sign when re reviewing a movie. It just you know defaults into the Chris Farley show, yeah. and we're just like yeah. remember, remember that time? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And there's so many moments like that there in all is. of Bong Hoon, uh, Jun Ho's uh, filmography. Like, th th there's a scene in The Host I will never forget yeah. in, the in the middle of that movie. I never forget. Yeah. The, uh, uh, there's a scene in Snowpiercer yeah. going through the train. Like the, yes. It's almost like the... Uh, like the old boy movie. Yeah. We're going through the hallway. Yeah. They redid it in Daredevil there. Well, it's funny. Netflix. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's... I don't... I watch only really certain directors when it comes to mm -hmm. Asian films, I guess. I don't know. I have like a... Bong Joon-ho is actually a very interesting version of this because he's... Mm -hmm. He relies almost on a lot of American directors that he likes. Like we've mentioned the Hitchcock thing. Sure. You can definitely see he's almost got like a Spielberg quality in this movie. And it, you can definitely see the people he likes. But something like The Raid, uh, you know, obviously not an Asian director, but an Asian movie oh, yeah. where you're seeing the use of space. And the use of, of shots and angles is so precise and so admirable in most of the Asian movies that I watch versus, especially the indies. You're not getting a lot of that in in, in stuff unless you're seeing like a, a master on the come up. But so it, there's it's so impressive. much claustrophobia to yes. the chase scenes Which that this guy has in his you, career. You nailed it, by the way. The Daredevil thing is yeah. exactly a ripoff of the Raid movies because all the tight hallway Park stuff Chan, yep, going yep. through the stairwells you know where it forces you to be in these tight situations memories of murder there's a chase of the you know potential killer through the labyrinth of the village in the host i mean there's like uh 
where that you finally get to the lair of the monster. The yeah. Snowpiercer, it's it's a tubular yes. train, yeah. and you're just you're fighting your way through it. And then now Okja, you get this super pig in the yeah. subway. What is his fascination with these? Does he have claustrophobia? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's whether you have it or whether you can admire it. Right. I think it's a great film element. Like I don't have claustrophobia too much. Like obviously. Uh, it, uh, certain uh, scenes will mm-hmm. test you. Like if you're sitting there watching Kill Bill with, uh, you oh, know, yeah. being in a grave and trying to punch <laughs> your way out, you yeah. might get a Everybody's little claustrophobic. Everybody's a little right, claustrophobic exactly. with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's got a whole bunch of elements to it, not just the claustrophobia. Thank God for yeah. the convenient flashback to the how she'll get out of this. Yeah, I like worst scene of that movie. Yeah, but if we had it's to live in that for a while. There's no bad scene in that movie, but still, that's a bad scene in that movie. But yeah, it's rough. Right. Um, for me, not for. Like, oh, it's, it's tough to yeah, it's yeah. tough to survive. It's tough to take. Yeah, in this one, it, it's wild how he he rotates the camera at times, and he, and mm. it's always like I go from high to low to overhead. He really, you know, they taught you in film school a little bit to you know. Basically, I don't remember the, the lessons, but basically, <laughs> <laughs> of course. I'm like trying to think of the geometry of it. But yeah. you have to pay attention not to disorient your audience. Yeah. So you go from over one shoulder on one character to over the other shoulder on the other character. For sure. You're just shooting like uh, two people, you yeah. know, having a conversation. Yeah. If you go over the opposite shoulder on the other character, all of a sudden, yeah. you're gonna totally freak out your audience. Yeah, yeah. So he actually, I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, there's a real rhythm to this, and he definitely talked about i have a quote from him here too where he's like basically you know we edit on set in korea and i thought that was fascinating because he says one of his major jobs is i got to control the rhythm to the storytelling the rhythm to the sequence with those wild ass angles yeah you know he's storyboarding the shit out of this he does and he's actually known for it that's like his deal and then the fact that they're editing this on set makes total sense to me because it does feel musical at times it's it's amazing how like right at the moment when you're supposed to freak the hell out like right at the moment when the girl falls off the back of the truck he cuts oh my god yeah it's freaking me the hell out and even that again another chase scene that happens to be somewhat claustrophobic in a way yeah it, but that's where I felt, especially like those chasings, it felt very Spielbergian to right. me because it kind of, this movie, if I had to like sandwich things together, like elements, it, this has an ET quality to it on top of my neighbor, my neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has kind of the combination of those things. Plus he puts his own element on it in terms of especially class warfare. I mean, ET doesn't have that. It's kind of like almost a, Spielberg has this thing about having hangups with divorce sure. and, and and obviously and even government influence. He loves to have a big giant government influence scene mm-hmm. where like you just get that helicopter drop in on a small town. He loves that shit. He grew up in the era of Big Brother though. And I mean yes. now we have, you know, the corp corruption. My God. And it, this has been But again, you're in South Korea. Yeah. You're constantly in fear, as you saw in Parasite, that People have real fears of like North Korea is just gonna just any bomb minute. you into extinction. I can't imagine, and and that's a big thread in that movie that I, Mike and I recognized during our review. Like we probably don't get this. This might be the key to understanding Parasite because it's a big. I think I get it. By, it's just I don't. Right. It's not embedded in my soul. Sure. But we are in a very odd time, you know, government wise that you can kind of be like, 
you know, whose fingers on the button, <laughs> you know, day to day, like, bit. oh, who's getting into it? Uh, mm-hmm. How many times have we woken up and been like, wait, who is having a, an argument with another country? Who is uh, trying to force influence on some people? And, you know, we had a whole hearing about it today. Very topical. Sure. So, you know, obviously I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the class warfare stuff that he does. It, I'm kind of a, you know, class where i you know come out of punk rock listen to like you know uh you know bands like propagandi and <laughs> anti-flag and you know I'll, and even uh on a non-punk level i was huge into rage against the machine mm. it's not just for angry white boys which i am but you know You're a pro- <laughs> there are nuanced ones that you know actually looked up the zapatista movement or something you know instead of just being like yeah i totally know what that is <laughs> Um, but uh, this is my type of guy and, and, and you would, he would be your type of guy because you're a comedian and you are a professional satirist in in a way to a degree, right? I don't know your brand of comedy that closely yet, but I'm a uh, prop comic, Mike. You didn't know that? (laughs) You're a ventriloquist? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that would actually, maybe I'm not even here. Okay. (laughs) I think, uh, I think he makes all of his characters hypocritical for the satire of the entire scenario. Yeah. And, and that is something unique to Bong Joon-ho. A lot of people, especially like Spielberg, yeah. you won't get the dimensions on the good guy side that you have on the bad guy side. For sure. You, you won't get them, or you'll get them and painted, or they're at least painted in larger brushstrokes. Yeah. In Parasite, my God, how many things are wrong with the Kim family? How many things are wrong with the Park family? Yeah. Mike and I had argument about the Park family, but I, I thought there's a million things wrong with both sides in this. Yeah. I mean, you have the environmental activists. Yeah. You know, the, the the ALF, how hypocritical! By the way, real group. And, really? and he, oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And he had no qualms to be like, yeah, fuck him. Uh, he know? was basically. I mean, they're literally holding. Uh, Lily Collins is holding a, a whatever a gun, yeah. pea shooter, whatever the hell it was, and like we come in peace, gun yeah. to the head. My God, that was funny. And then Paul Dano, the the scene with Stephen Yun to to get to a best scene real quick when he when he kicks his ass. Well, before that, I, yeah. I just love this man's writing, and Parasite's a perfect example because yeah. good writing often and good storytelling often comes in threes. Yeah, I mean, you think Act One, Act Two, Act Three. I mean, it's 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 inherent within storytelling. Sure. It's inherent with with a joke, right? Yeah. And you're writing the setup and you know the development and the punchline. Yeah, that's storytelling. And here you have the the just not the best joke in the movie. When Steven Yeun says uh, she agrees to the plan. I yeah. mean, my God, that killed yeah. me. Just killed me. And then it has two more implications. You have yeah. Paul Dano beating the shit out of him yeah. and, and utter just dripping with hypocrisy. Like, we don't harm people yeah. kicking the shit out <laughs> yeah. from the ground, yeah. <laughs> animal or man. Right. And then, of course, Steven Yun turns out to be such a zealot that he tattoos the lesson that his master taught him. Yeah. Translations are important or whatever the fuck yeah. it was. Yeah. Oh, loved it. And, and is the big hero. Yeah, but the, he, he's satirizing. He's taking all that time to show all these dimensions yeah. with the quote-unquote good guys. And yes. that's that's unique. Yeah, Spielberg definitely has more of a, a white hat, black hat thing going on, uh, especially early on in his career that mm. he, he loves he loves those and he loves the old swashbuckling movies uh you know sure. obviously that he's indiana jones is a big example of the influence on those as well so you know he has a whole other thing going but let's get into okja a little bit so right from the get mm-hmm. this movie is taking all the swings and, and and not only that, uh, the interesting backstory with a lot of this, because this is two years ago. So 
Netflix is still pretty early on all of this. There, not only is this the I, I forgot where I think it is the second time Netflix is hooked up with Plan B, which is Brad Pitt's company, who now we've okay. talked about two weeks in a row because they just did The King, mm-hmm. uh, which we reviewed last time, and they had done War Machine right before that same year. That's so right. So they're yes. kind of like tying into this. Talk but, about over the top performances. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. That was and, too much. And the. And what's interesting is that we're at a time in 2017 that we're not in, we're still in it, but definitely it's the much different game. Back then, it was the initial fight of like, oh, this movie's not going to be in theaters, or it's only going to have a small run, or they got mad at Fest, uh, I think maybe it was Cannes uh, in 2017 when they showed this, that they allowed him to show it because they weren't going to show it in theaters in France. And like people got really pissed off. So there's a ton of elements that have evolved and that a lot of these movies like Okja were like the guinea pigs for mm. that. It, it, the times have changed so much, but even plan B like this is the early stages of that. And, and man, they were killing it uh, for years before this. And now, their influence in in actually doing multiple Netflix movies and kind of showing the respect to what they're doing. It's really the early part of the dominoes that gets us to them making more and more prestige movies. So there's two like topics here that we can just talk about for days. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. The Cannes film festival is fascinating and they still haven't made nice with Netflix. Right. Roma was, you know, not allowed to play there. It was a big to do. Yeah. Mike and I covered the hell. Well, they out have of it very last strict year. rules, yeah. and they do have strict rules. They are the quote unquote cinema purists, or they're yeah. dying on that hill. They're willing to, and Netflix seems to be backing away from that argument. Like it's just yeah. not worth their time no. to to you know throw mud and, and to deal with that. So no. they haven't been there for the last two years. But when they were there in 2017, this one gets booed when the Netflix yeah. emblem comes up. Then yep. they showed in the wrong aspect ratio. Yep. But somehow at the end of it all, you still get a four minute standing ovation which is commonplace for for can i mean it's, they all get sure. standing ovations yeah. pretty much but the crazy thing is he has that experience that is mixed at can yeah and you have a mixed experience at can that doesn't bode well ne- for yeah. you necessarily he comes back two years later and he is the talk of the town so yeah. the bigger question i think is what did this movie do for bong joon ho's career the bong hive how many people became obsessed yeah. with him yeah because of the notoriety he he, he got from having a $50 million movie, a really strong movie on right. Netflix. Well, not only that is that it, it it was the domino effect to, at least for me, mm. uh, and I think I'm not alone, just knowing that Okja was a success made me go back and, and Snowpiercer was on the platform. Sure. Snowpiercer wasn't a, a hit. You know, yeah, it's like when forty it, million budget, eighty-five million dollar gross, something like that. Yeah, right. no, it barely made its money back if, if right. not. Right. And and a lot of times it was stuff like this, like the Netflix effect, where I saw it. I was like, oh, Chris Evans is in this. Oh, it's that guy who did Okja? So cool. And I went back. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. And and it's amazing that I wouldn't have even known even if, it. if we didn't have this domino effect going on. So uh, before we get in too much uh, on, on my end here... Uh, what are your impressions of this movie specifically? What do you love? What do you... Because this movie, uh, like I said, it takes all the swings, all the characterization, which is why I definitely felt that anime feel. Because it's it's got 
big characterization. You got Tilda Swinton playing er, twin versions of herself. By the way, not the only version of that for anyone who's seen <laughs> Hail Caesar. You know, and then obviously we talked about Gyllenhaal's uh, character here. To run with exposition for a it's moment. It's amazing. I think Bong Joon-ho is one of the very best at exposition in the business because he forces. Not, I mean, yeah, he does force. He forces characterization yeah. in every moment of it. The opening montage with Tilda Swinton is a perfect example. Yes. You get the entire family dynamic yeah. and the, the the mechanisms of the antagonism in that you know you know yeah. my, uh, monologue from her. She's yeah. talking shit about her grandpa, talking, talking shit, shit about, about her sister. sister. Yep. <laughs> That's so important to this yeah. movie, and the, 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 especially to the third act to the movie because the sister becomes the main force of antagonize and and the the sister Lu, Lucy or Nancy I think Nancy's the one who's hidden in the wings who's waiting in the wings yeah Lucy is right? the one we see most often and she's like the metaphor for just hardcore business capitalism yes. practices yeah and actually becomes the you know the theme of the movie or yeah. the saving grace of the movie God for I can't believe that of course <laughs> she gives about a little miniature yeah, emblem that's of a giving piggy her a bank. lot of credit but right? okay sure. So I, I just love how he handles exposition, and it happens in Parasite like crazy. I mean, yes. you, the, the montages in that film. And number one, this man, I just said he's great at exposition. He is great at montage filmmaking. Oh, yeah. Which just you know warms the cockles of my cinema-loving heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just does. I mean, I, I grew up... With uh, you know Tarantino, of course, but then yeah. you know you go into to school and you study film and, and, and your cinema purists are yeah. all about show don't tell and yeah. you know the musical montage of cinema. You get into the French New Wave and right. all. I just I'm smitten with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and for him to actually show you character development. You know, with the Kim family and yeah. how they pull off the ruse in the middle of that movie, that middle movie montage. Yeah, I'm going to try not to spoil Parasite too, too hard for people because I know it was hard enough for me to get uh, but there's a, just a viewing of it. So much insight into yeah. those characters, and it's done with such momentum. Yeah. And he, very few filmmakers are able to handle that. Yeah. And I think he does that here as well. And he does it more, I would say. With the antagonists at times, mm. because those are the ones you really got to figure out. Yeah. Those are the ones he's most satirical about, right? right? I mean, the little girl, you don't have to figure too much about. You just, no. the levels of her heroism no, she, revealed just themselves. moving the, the, the football down the field. Yeah, like. She's a constant. And then as, at the end of the movie, she understands. She's the heart. Right. And at the end of the movie, she understands how she's got to live in this world, how, how yeah. a heart felt person yeah has to has to survive in this world and right it's not she's not going to save everybody which is a very bittersweet finale yeah. so this guy in every one of his movies i would say there's a bittersweet finale yes. as oh. well so yeah. so that that's something else that's pretty unique i mean spielberg is going to make you feel really good at the end of a movie yeah. even hitchcock at times you'll you'll go back and you'll be like wow that was some dark shit that i got through to get yeah. here but he'll make you feel good at the end right, of it yeah Bong Juno, man, he he's your guy to <laughs> he's rethink. He's laughing at you while he's watching. Yeah, gonna I argue. feel like there's a little bong on your shoulder watching <laughs> the movie with you and then just laughs yep. his ass off at you at right at the end when oh. he pulls the rug. Something you were saying earlier about this opening sequence mm -hmm. is that not only are you seeing uh, the dynamics between the fans, the family that owns this, the Mirando family, you're you're also seeing obviously their legacy. You're seeing the hypocrisy mm. uh, of the corporation. You're seeing the game, the gambit. They set everything up, but then you're also seeing little things like Giancarlo Esposito 
in the yeah. wings, kind of puppeting her. Gus Freen is not to no, be trusted. No, <laughs> we all know that. Any role that he's in, quite honestly, right. I think that I've seen, uh, he's mostly a dick these days. Um, <laughs> he's, he's on that corner, man. He's doing a great yeah, job with it. I know. Uh, but I do think that Bong also starts every one of his movies, especially movies about a family, with a family mm. in crisis. And, that, yeah. and that's just good fundamental storytelling. And he does honor all the fundamentals of American storytelling and storytelling, period. Yeah. And in this particular movie, you you have this little girl who basically has a Totoro, has a yeah. Disney character, has yeah. a has, has, has this pet that is beyond being a pet. It's a surrogate parent. It's a surrogate best friend. How'd you feel about the animation? I thought it was strong, and at the time I liked it more. I think now rewatching it, it's a little less. But that's after the, you know the Alita Battle Angels of the World, yeah. Where you're like, wait, is that real or not real? Right. Oh my god, yeah. What I mean, this is a close up of this computer animated face. Yeah, and I can't tell if it's fake or not. Yeah, and I, that's where we are now. But oh, absolutely, especially for this movie. I believe I read it was a fifty million dollar budget. Yes. So which. Seems high maybe for uh, a Netflix movie mm-hmm. that you would think, but also, I mean, it probably all went into the animation, and especially, I thought the detail was great, uh, and especially because- It works. It's good enough, right? Because you're yeah. consumed with it all the sequences. Sells it to it me. sells it. It sells it. Uh, especially, like, there's a lot of character interaction touching the animal and doing things, and uh, I know that they also use on-set puppetry. They did. For they had, a lot of it, too, it which stuffies. I appreciate so much. Stuffies, where it was like a team of, uh, or a group of people <laughs> yeah. with like, you know, all this padding, and they're, yeah. it was almost like a, you know, the old uh, vaudevillian three-manned horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who's the head, who's well, the body, who's the like, legs. I was thinking of like the dragons in like <laughs> yes. a Chinese parade, you know, New Year parade. Doing exactly yeah. that, and then they have a guy who's like the runner, like just to get the speed of Ocher right yeah and like if they can't run the whole thing you know the through traffic the whole three-team horse or whatever through traffic holding up you know the hind legs of the hippopotamus the of the super pig there yeah they would just have a guy like running and it was like the craziest thing running through all this car this truck chase right which again so good insane that sequence from when she walks into the mirando office till we get to uh all the way down to the the uh, the ALF stuff, uh, the yep. Animal Liber- Liberation Front, the <sighs> escape of that and the jump off the bridge and where that ends. So the, that sequence is the movie to me. It's so good. Uh, something else about Bong. He just takes like a cliche, a cinematic cl- cliche in terms of screenwriting where you're supposed to you know, travel the path, path of least resistance first. You right. know, with your protagonist, right? I mean, you can't, they can't go to 11. They can't, you know, try the craziest plan. You can't throw the yeah. Hail Mary right. and at the end of Act 1 or the beginning of Act 2. Yeah. You're supposed to do the obvious thing. So the obvious thing is to her to go to the Miranda Corporation. Yeah. But then in that moment, he is the most unexpected scene ever. This girl is that stubborn, that bullheaded. Yeah. She will run into the glass to break it. My God. Yeah, it's definitely this, <laughs> this move, this movie more than most of his mm-hmm. has much more of a fantastical feel to it and she is the big example i mean that little girl mm-hmm. is gonna huff it all the way through the city chasing a truck basically almost like a daredevil episode or something yeah. where he's kind of like you know almost doing parkour to jump onto the i totally agree with you truck. i yeah. have that in my worst scenes because like you number one she probably should have died in the truck chase <laughs> yeah, to fall sure. off the truck during especially going those high speed. passes yeah oh. 
Yeah, how do you how are you make it? I'm like cringing just thinking about it. Level on that shit. Probably would have died. No scenes. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the biggest issue he has in this movie is with kind of physicality. Like I hated. Mm. I hated the early scene where Oak just saves her on the mountaintop there. I'm like, come on. You, I just was so manipulative. I respect it. I respect him. It was him. so adorable. I couldn't help myself. So adorable, right? <laughs> I mean, don't you? Uh, I would die for Oakja. I would yeah. die for this little girl just like Oakja. I want to yeah. be Oakja. Yeah. I mean, Oakja is the most heroic human being, never mind, you yeah. know, animal in this movie. It's the yeah. most heroic being in this film yeah. and the smartest. You know, the fact that he's smart enough. I mean, my dog is not smart enough to put his paw down no. and stop me from falling off a bridge. And it's funny how we keep changing the animals that we're referring to yeah. in this because uh, from what I understand, it was a three-tiered thing where it's like he did the dog thing to kind of make it feel <laughs> like yes. you know uh, how we would feel. You know, it's a large pet that we, we commonly have. So it has the, it works, the pig element because of obviously you need the taste and the thought of the food with yeah. all of that. But then also puts like a manatee hippo or to, elephant or manatee yeah, yeah. just to, i think the the humongous friend yeah the humongous best friend yeah. it, it, it matters yeah it, it's just something it like the size it's a it's, perfect combination yeah. though absolutely i appreciate it's it ado- it's adorable the things i wouldn't do for okja yeah. i totally agree with her and, and let's be honest we, we worried we talked about it in pre-production today like are we going to get into a conversation about veganism and vegetarianism yeah, yeah. is that where this is going i'm afraid right. of that i have feelings of guilt because yeah, oh, i'm not guilt. and i yeah. know you were but you're not yeah. you're not right now right and should we be though really right. should we I know. let's but let's be honest here's where i land is Don't he, he, do you know if Bond? He was for a time, I okay. heard, and then he stopped. And he, he, yeah. he also wanted to say, I'm not an activist. I'm not somebody who, you know, is is saying we have to be vegetarians right. because my characters are eating chicken and fish throughout sure. this movie. Yeah. But I think he's trying to say there, there's levels of animal cruelty out there. And yes. I think he's trying to say, don't eat oak, just, you know, yeah. if pigs are this... Like Samuel Jackson said, right. MF and charming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must be one charming MF and pig. Yeah. If yeah. That, that pig is that charming, we probably shouldn't be eating pigs. Fair. If, if, and we shouldn't be eating oaks, no question. Yeah. That's where I land. Is that a cop out? Probably. I think it's also about process. Yeah. I, I mean, because obviously, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, do you remember that this movie had uh, accompanying website and promotional videos for Miranda? Oh no! Uh, you know I'm I'm remembering it now because I'm clicking around YouTube today. Yeah. Over the last two hours preparing for this, and there were ads. They're like fake ads. Yeah. Tilda yeah. Swinton running fake yeah. ads. So they she, they even had their own Twitter feed too, mm-hmm. where they would have like updates on Oak just. Pro, uh, well, it's progress. a satire of yeah. these GM. Yeah. And genetically mutate you know mutate mutated food if I can say it. Yeah. GM GMOs. Companies. Oh my yeah. god! And now yeah, we're sure. getting goo veggie burgers. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other going the other direction. Impossible burgers. <laughs> the impossible. So Which good. T- that doesn't taste terrible. I don't, I, I, I don't care. I was starting my diet and yeah. I tried an impossible burger. I was like, maybe this could be a go-to. Maybe I could, you know, if I need something quick, I could yeah. just go through Burger King and I can get an impossible burger. And I looked it up later in the day. I was like, kind of proud of myself awkwardly. Right. And then I was like, all right, a Whopper six sixty calories. Right. An impossible burger, six thirty. Yeah, because it's it's progress. It's fake food. It's a processed, fried thing. It's still. Trust me, I've gone through these valleys. You're not between, (laughs) uh, especially when I was uh, vegetarian. I was vegetarian at the mid stage of college. So you're talking Mm -hmm. O two. 
I mm. think I was. Ironically, uh, what broke my vegetarianism is I went overseas to Asia. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was in the Philippines. Okay. And uh, short story, uh, I was there for a few days trying really hard to stay vegetarian, but everything had pork in it. Yeah. Everything. So my alternative was eat white rice for days and days and days <sighs> or break. And it lasted about three days before I was like, you have to. fuck this. I <laughs> have to eat something more sustainable. You're probably walking down the street and it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, my yeah. priorities also were, hey, I'm going to get drunk. I need to have something more filling because um, I can't just do this rice thing and then just you know blast it out at night. <laughs> so, you know, the priorities of a, of a college student. Definitely. But, yeah, there is a lot of elements here that make me feel real terrible. But then you also see, like, the ALF people, and they kind of suck at being they also an suck. organization. Yes. So, like, <laughs> so you're kind of seeing both sides of all of it and the hypocrisy of all of it and, and the struggle of all of it. And, and it's a hard process. But my favorite thing, to go back to that chase scene, I know there's issues with it, but it also has my favorite quote. Of the entire thing when the ALF guys first approach mm -hmm. and they're ask him to roll down the window and he's like, Nice to meet you. We're not terrorists. We don't like violence. We don't want to hurt yeah. you. Yeah. Stop the truck. Just cooperate, guy. It's so good. And minutes Steven later they're Young. holding guns or whatever I know. they got them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, originally they're tossing flowers on him and it takes oh. five seconds to get them to be you know, uh, trying to get violent with them. So, yeah. And, and you know, the, the extreme satire of that whole sequence is the one guy who won't even eat a tomato because, like, all, yeah. you know, all processed, all foods are processed. Yeah. Or, you know, there's, it's, you're hypocrite no matter what. Yeah. What is it? He's just going to die. He's passing out. It's yeah. absurd. By which the is way, funny. also, hyperbole. Uh, now that I've seen Parasite, mm. I have a bigger appreciation for almost the funniest character of the whole thing, who's also a big part of that whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> is the son in Parasite is yeah. the truck driver. That's right. In, oh, God, in, he was funny. Yeah. And he was like, they're so fucked. And yeah. then the newscast. Perfect. It's great. Uh, so I did watch a YouTube video that I think actually pulled in this discussion and, and can put a, well, I don't know, bow on it, but they said, the ATZ show said, the path to righteousness is intolerance. In the, mm. Like, doesn't that seem obviously that it's, it's effed up yeah. it's counterproductive yeah but according to bong joon ho they were saying like everybody's hypocritical and the way both sides are dug in nowadays right good guys bad guys i mean it, well especially now especially now it's getting worse I and mean, the yeah. divisiveness that we all go right. through every day with with politics or just social commentary or any of it, it's it's it, it does problem. seem to be intolerance, yeah. no matter what, and it's we're both guilty, both sides are guilty. Sure, of it. yeah, my God, yeah, and it's, it's actually right, and it's definitely the case in this movie. Yeah, so I, I would I would agree with him there. ATZ show on YouTube. I never heard of him before no. this, but it was a good quote. No, it's helpful. And the same way, uh, shout out to. Uh, if you look it up, uh, there's a great video that compared Snowpiercer to Willy Wonka. Can you I believe was riveted, this? And I was like, yeah, I could definitely <laughs> see it, especially because of the Ed Harris character. You kind of have to think that way. But then 
it's a very detailed version. This so happened. Look that up if you're interested. Mike and I do a weekly game with our our audience called Six Degrees of MMO. Where yes, we play I've been playing Six yeah. Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, we we just pick two entertainers and we we have the audience come up with like the most creative ways to connect them, yeah. and it's a lot of fun because we realize crazy things. And one week they're like, just like Willy Wonka, which is also connected to Snowpiercer because yeah, it's right. a sequel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, what? Yeah. When did I miss this? How am right. I not in on this fandom? Oh, Oh, yeah. And I've been researching ever since, and I can see it. It is bizarre. And yeah. I guess in, you know, if Charlie actually ran the factory. Yes. With Grandpa, who right. didn't leave the bed. Right. That's probably not going well. Yeah, yeah. That's probably going poorly. He probably doesn't have the right perspective. You know, probably not. <laughs> to handle that, you know, in a you know modernizing economy. But again, another movie that is probably a very early class mm. warfare feeling True. type of movie. So, uh, it definitely has the spirit of Bong if it's not a direct, uh, you know, uh, either a spiritual sequel or a direct sequel. Totally. So I'm into it. So what else do you think you enjoyed the most out of Okja? I, just for, for anyone uh, as far as what I've seen, and I don't want this to sound rude, mm -hmm. but this movie I like the least of the three that I've seen. Okay. But the bar is fucking high. It's high, isn't it? So I haven't... I like this movie a lot, but his other ones are that much better. And I think the the one... You kind of alluded to it a little bit, where I think where it loses it is... I don't know. The message is more clear. Like, the, the direction, literal direction. Like, he, he called Snowpiercer his hallway movie. Yeah. He calls uh, Parasite his staircase movie. <laughs> and you can see kind of all the metaphors that go along with that. Yeah. It's yeah. metaphorical, man. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, he has so, I think the writing's better in those other movies. I think this one has great themes, dials up a great message. I feel like I'm repeating myself from the laundromat thing, except this is a much better movie. Yes. Um, and the performances are great. I just think it kind of is a little either too on the nose at times or it doesn't flow as well. I think his flow is yeah. great in most of his movies. This one just isn't as good at that. For me, it's believability at times. There's also yes. like with the whole third act, the yeah. fact that sh they are arriving. Yeah. After you go through a time lapse, right? Yeah. Where she's waking up, she's concussed or whatever yeah, after yeah. the uh, escape time, you know, number two there. Yeah. Paul Dano is brought back to life by the uh, EMT in, yeah. in Stephen Yeun's van. And, of course, all of this somehow times up with the perfect uh, scenario where Okja is being put yeah. in the, you know, apparatus yeah. right when the girl gets there. Are, yeah. you, are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. You know, so there's definitely, you know, I, I I'm think- I'm along for the ride, but the ride is a little clunky at times. It's, uh, yeah, but it's a little unbelievable. Like, the whole yeah. thing, like I said, the, the biggest thing- Biggest problem I have is more mostly with the realism, and why am I getting Which is, upset again, with the realism? I feel like this is an anime because yeah. a lot of times the anime has a lot of strong messages, yeah. but the characters aren't like they're fantastical. They're and it's almost a magical friend. Yeah, yes, it is, and I think. That's kind of what maybe he wanted to do with this, which is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm on board. Like I said, I enjoy this movie. But I think as far as what I think his strong suits are mm -hmm. and how he delivers things, I think 
I think Parasite and Snowpiercer Definitely. do a much better job. Definitely. And, and you know, the heavy-handedness, perhaps, yeah. personified by the scene where, okay, now the little baby super pig yes. in a very, oh my God, a Holocaust-level yeah. you know, scene there yeah. where the two parents knowingly let the little baby hippos escape into the mouth of uh, Okja there. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. No pig is that smart to do that. I know. This is ridiculous. Yeah, no know. dog is that smart to do that. No. Super pigs are apparently that smart. That's why we shouldn't eat but super pigs. But it's imagery, pigs. and that's what he's really good at. He's good at kind of being very biting, twisting the knife, kind of like really pushing. I get a little mad mess. at that guilt trip, though. That level of manipulation yeah. when you're doing that Which is to funny me. When I'm he, still feeling He backs off of it yeah. and says he's not an activist. I know. So it's like, so you're going to make me feel all these, you're going to really twist the knife and then you're just doing it for fun. (laughs) I'm not eating a BLT tomorrow. I'm not going to do it. I'm not eating pork tomorrow because of you, sir. Yeah. And you know, this is why, but you you got me to this place. So where I am at the end of the day on this movie was, I was like a B86 for me. It's it's Mm. like a parasite's an A minus for me. Snowpiercer's probably a B plus. The hosts and memories of murder, B pluses. I would say Barking Dogs Never Bite was like a B minus. I think that he was learning his... You know, he was learning his chops in that yeah. movie, I would say. Uh, Mother's probably my least favorite. That's a C plus. I wonder if I would revisit that. Mm. Uh, I would like it more. But there's just some really unlikable characters. It's almost like he went too right. far on the unlikable character scheme. Right. Or uh, scale, prism, yeah. whatever. But Memories of Murder is one of those, like, I just like like it. Yeah. Like, I don't know where to rank it or right. whatever. It's just one of those movies that sits with me right. that I always want to revisit. And right. like, I, I think it was on Amazon Prime not too long ago. That's where I watched it yeah. most recently before Parasite. I'll have to look for it. I'm, I'm look for that it. one. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a good watch. Especially uh, just you being like, yeah, it's like Bong doing Fincher. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you hit all <laughs> my buttons. It's, all if at that's once. his yeah. version of Fincher, it's worth yeah. it. That's like uh, Motherless Brooklyn is yeah. Ed Norton doing Chinatown. Yeah. Now, is it Chinatown? No, but no. it's a B movie. It's a B plus B movie. It's right. I liked it. Yeah. It's a dad movie. I like I dad seen movies. It yet, but I was very interested because you mm. had way more. Uh, you liked it way more than I've heard. Well, maybe Let's I had a low way. bar for that one. Yeah. But then it's closing night at the New York Film Festival. I, I went to the New York Film Festival like mad yeah. and, you know, maybe that's it. I don't yeah, know. there you go. I got that. They get swept up. Well, it's a, they, it's their flaw. I mean, I, yeah. while, during my formative years, my vulnerable years, <laughs> they shaped my taste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I still have to like the closing nighter at the film. Oh, trust me, because you guys covered the Gotham Awards. I'm like, who does that? We love to, New though, Yorkers, yeah. yeah the guy fun. with the NY and his hat across from Absolutely, me right now. Absolutely, man. Yeah. But they're terrible. All my New York yeah. teams are terrible. Oh, trust me. I'm a, I'm a Mets me. Jets guy. Oh, no. Are you Knicks guy, too? No, thank God. That would be the trifecta of pain. Thank God I dodged that bullet. That's weird, because Mike 1 is a Celtics-Knicks Giants guy. You can't be Celtics-Knicks. Come on. I'm sorry. uh, Celtics-Yankees-Giants. Oh, okay. And I'm uh, Knicks-Yankees-Giants. Yeah. And he's always like, you know, bragging that he's got the superior trio. Yeah. And why are are either of us bragging? Because the Giants have just been dreck. Sure. 
but you have enough Super Bowls. But we're getting in the weeds. But <laughs> I'm one of those so, rare yeah. jock nerds, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a, I've been a football coach, high school football coach for 10 years now, right. and I also study the Oscars, and yeah. that, that is also my Super Bowl. Right. Because everybody's putting that up on their profiles right now. Sure. The Oscars are my Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they yeah. are my Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl's also my Super Bowl. I love yeah. both. It used to be different for me pre-kids where I used to mm-hmm. have like oscar parties to go to and like really get yeah. into it yeah. um now it's um i i appreciate it <laughs> i still think it has a, a lot of gravitas obviously i listen to your show because i'm i like the ticking clock and the rhythm of hey this thing did really well at a festival and here are the early awards and oh the golden globe nominations are coming around the corner i like the rhythm of that it's a lot of fun it's a crazy fun way to celebrate movies and yes. especially movies of the year like mike and i have a lot of fun doing our rank our best of the year list yeah and you're right. It just gives you that sense of urgency to yeah. see everything on time and to follow all the. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we necessarily get into the horse race as much as some other people. Sure. I think we do because we just put out yeah, too you much content. Gold Derby a few times, right? So you can get we, the betters uh, in there. We try, yeah. and I, I think we we enjoy that. We enjoy the politics of it. We enjoy the human nature of the voting bodies. Yeah, and how why they're going to vote this way this time. Right. And we we do gain some insights that way. Uh, way to. Everybody into yeah. you know I mean I we were kind of predicting that Trump was going to win, you know for similar reasons I, like I, yeah I, I've just been following these things and how they're happening I'm yeah. like uh oh yeah because I could just I have the gut feel I yeah. mean so you know gambler's way we have that uh, sixth sense I think now or developed that we can't describe it well, unless that, we do okay. all the stats out every every week like right. we do I mean that's yeah. probably what it is I'm lost in the, the forest sure between the trees whatever that metaphor yeah, sure in the weeds whatever in you want weeds. to do but the the thing i want to bring it back to though is now that i have seen parasite you've mm-hmm. seen parasite yourself obviously and so where do you think what do you think it means for his career now like this is, parasite they're saying is the breakout i would honestly say snowpiercer is probably the breakout mm-hmm. but you know obviously Okja, I think was a. He's getting these turning points. You're you're seeing this development over time, you know, where he just keeps upping the level, upping the level, upping the level, and and now here comes Parasite. I personally, because I've seen it happen way too many mm-hmm. times, I think that this movie probably will be up for Best Picture. It will probably only win Best International because it exists, mm. and I think it might get some. You know, other peripheral thing. I this has uh, when everybody uh, kind of said about Roma mm. last year. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. I lived through <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I've lived through a lot of these you movies have. where it's like, no, they put that there for a reason, <laughs> and so that way they can acknowledge but ultimately reward in a different way. <sighs> the Producers Guild should have told us a story on that one, but right. So I'm looking at the box offices of all of his movies. So I would say like the host was his big international success, eleven million dollar budget, eighty nine million dollar breakout. Right. Uh, the Snowpiercer, no question about it. He didn't reach that scale with the American audience until right. Snowpiercer. So I'd agree with you there. And then Okja, like like we were talking about before, I think that gave him a ton of notoriety. I'd be, yeah. I would die to know the numbers. For, gave, uh, yeah. Because of, like we were saying, the Netflix effect, the Snowpiercer thing kicks back in. And it's still on there for everybody to watch all the time. And yeah. of course they do. And, and, and Snowpiercer is getting a series. 
Yeah, so it's it's definitely not something that was profitable yeah. at the box office, but so many people watch it on Netflix. Some it's like the Family Guy effect from yeah. years back, where everybody bought it on DVD, yeah. and now they know they, they the ratings be damned. So yeah. Let's put it back on TV. And they had enough of enough info to say, okay, we'll go with a fifty million dollar budget for Okja and, sure. and, and back it because it it didn't it played in some theaters. Mm-hmm. I think it only made. It well, made two point something, so it did okay in yeah, that limited exactly. release. Right, people were curious enough to see it, in that but obviously it's release. not fifty. So you, but still, you, I don't you know think what their of a metric is platform release is probably going to do half a mil if it's like three, right. four theaters. It's not going to do unless yeah, yeah. it's doing parasite like numbers. Sure. 2.8 million or whatever it wound up with. I, I don't know the numbers for that particular week right. or whatever. Yeah, for the yeah. two weeks. Yeah, sure. The, the standards were lower back then, but but I know Parasite's doing well. I think it just crossed 11 million, it. right? Uh, 11 million in the U.S. and 115 million worldwide right yeah. now, uh, as of today. So here's the big news story about the Oscars in terms of their streaming platform. Here's mm-hmm. where they're going. They're going to have the Academy be able to stream the shortlist for Best International Film. Right. That's only going to allow more people to see the film, see the yeah. movie, number yeah, one. So absolutely. it's it, if they're not going to see this movie anyway, which they probably are at this level of oh, yeah, fan mania. That's coming and, through. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's sold out in New York and L.A. And, yeah. Oh, my God. So people were going nuts for it for a while there, and yeah. it's been doing terrific. The fact that you have the Academy able to vote on the Best International Film category, yeah. no matter what branch they're from, right? as long as they watch 10 films... That's another big move yeah. by them. So that that's actually opening up the race to a lot of different actresses and actors. I'm saying yeah. actresses in particular because those races seem more open to me right now than the actors. Yeah. So where is this movie? A lot of movie? heavy hitters on the other side. Yeah. This movie, to me, Bong Joon-ho is like on that short list of major contenders for director. I keep yeah. hearing that. He's Screenplay, he's probably getting screenplay. The best picture, he's probably getting us picture nom. For Parasite, even though Mike won would totally disagree with me on screenplay. It's gonna be so interesting though, Cinem- because yeah. Tarantino wins a lot because they give that usually as his consolation. I think prize. he'll get in. I don't know if he'll get the award, is what right. I'm saying, but I think he'll get in oh, the top okay. five. Nomination. Yeah. yeah. Original screenplay. Oh, yeah, sure. Is sure. my guess. Especially like the rule of threes, like that's catnip to screenwriter yeah. wannabes like me. So I can't imagine yeah. like if you pull off that hat trick yeah. scenario, like if you just master the form that right. we're all supposed to learn. Yeah. And that studios just demand we give them. Right. To God, if he's doing it in this way, and and he's making an underground hit with all these nods to the the format and the right. form, I I just think he's gonna get it at the end of the day. And then cinematography, there's subtle movements of yeah. the camera and Parasite that yeah. just wow me. I mean, there's a point it's a where gorgeous film too. Oh, I it, it, the way he they moves built up and down that staircase, whole oh. soundstage, like yeah. that the the house, mm-hmm. everything that wasn't the stair scene is all built. Mm-hmm. The apartment. For mm. the family, the the rich family's whole neighborhood, all of that was built. It's impressive work, and the way he moves the camera is just as uh, impressive yeah. as the the frame. What's in the frame, yeah. and just as the picturesque nature yeah. of what's in the frame, the mise en scene. If I know you want to punch me right now for using that word, but <laughs> there it is. It's just yeah, as I went a, to film school too. Give us a, yeah, give us a beautiful, yeah. give us a beautiful picture to look at. We're like, wow, that's yeah. per, sure is pretty. Yeah, and you get that in that yeah, movie, man. and you also get the the movement of the camera, which the Scorseses and the Tarantinos yeah. and uh, have mastered at this point as well and he's getting to that level it's a tough that's year. why i thought Quaron was he was taking 
his filmography to another place. Yes. When he when some of those tracking shots are unbelievable, like coming down from the second floor onto the the crowd that was just oh, absolutely. a sea of people. Is, uh, are you kidding? Beautiful me? mania, unbelievable. Yeah. And Bong, Bong Joon Ho is, is is there. I mean, he's yeah. doing those kind of things. And yeah. it's impressive. And it's the same, if I'm not mistaken, the same cinematographer for uh, Snowpiercer and and Parasite. Right. So you're seeing a lot of commonalities on what they like to do. The elements are there. And, yeah, I think he can only go higher from here. At the end of the day, though, I'm probably predicting like five or six nods, noms at the end of the day. Yeah. Picture, international film, uh, screenplay, director, cinematography are probably the ones that I would lean towards. Right. I've heard, you know, some others. but yeah. I, I'm And I'm clamoring for the actor and actress to come through, like supporting yeah. actor and supporting actress, I should say. Yeah. You know, Kang Ho Song, my God, is he good in that yeah. movie. I think he's so underrated. Is, is it going to happen in supporting actor this year? because it's so loaded no, not a chance it, but not a chance man is he impressive that that whole family was impressive mm. so and the park family was great the wife yeah. of the park family i know she's hamming it up yeah <laughs> she's getting laughs but she's great unbelievable yeah loved the performance yeah and so why would someone who's coming because the reason why i'm talking about okja now is because of the parasite mania yeah right now, again, I've wanted to for a long time, but I only started this podcast in late 2018. Right. So, Oakja's in my rear view. So, like, trying to keep current. It's, it's so important stuff back. for this it brand. And, and, yeah. it, and it's important for Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's important for the way things have shaped. Definitely. And I, I was actually almost disappointed that Parasite wasn't a Netflix movie, <laughs> to be honest, because yeah. I thought he had so much success with Oakja and what Snowpiercer was that... Maybe this is where we're going. Um, I wonder but- if Can, you know, actually gave him points, brownie points, right. for coming back to the theatrical experience. Maybe had to. It could be. I, and, I, and I don't think like because he's every- the bell of the ball. He was the yeah. bell of the ball over there after being persona non grata, at yeah. least for the first few minutes of Okja. Well, because yeah. that was that's an ugly way to start your your festival circuit. But look at how many roses were set at the feet of Roma. Yeah. You know, and, and for being a Netflix movie and, mm-hmm. and nobody gave them the shit only a year later. I mean, that's pretty or a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty impressive of a turnaround for, for how people feel about Netflix. They're at the Producers Guild. They're going to honor Ted Sarandos. Yeah. Uh, the, the wave is shifting. That's why everybody's yeah. talking about how Netflix can't get three contenders into Best Picture. Yeah. Oh, they're going to get three contenders into, next pic- uh, into Best Picture if they're good enough, I yeah. think, because you can't well, say... Well, they're definitely getting two. I, I right. can't see a world where Marriage Story and The Irishman don't get in. But I don't think you can say that the world is now that, okay, just because it's Netflix, they're not getting three. And right. you, you can't say Netflix doesn't have the money to push yeah. for it. Yeah. They have the resources. They're going to campaign like crazy. And this is going to be that year where they want to yeah. put that stamp. That, cause they have to now. They, the war is on. Yeah, they pinned all their stuff on the Irishman. Yep. And, and then now you're going to... And then it might lose to their own selves, <laughs> which is amazing. So... I, I, I'm interested. I, I'm in, and I'm in on Bong Joon Ho all the way Good. from here on out. I mean, he's the man. I'm glad that I was able to to go back and look at this. I think this movie speaks to a lot of the themes, a lot of the things he likes to do, and so I think if you could tell people <clears throat> why they should go 
from watching Parasite and go back and see something like this, even though he's changing genres. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a much different story. But why would people? Why would people who liked Parasite come and watch Okja now? Well, I would say because he's changing genres throughout the films. I mean, we talked about the, all these movies. We talked about all these movies being genre benders, and I just think that's so hard to do nowadays when you're supposed to package things in a certain way. Like right. a, a can, the candy bar is supposed to be this brand, and that's that. Yeah, I mean genre fiction genre movies have been perfected in many ways to the point where audiences have gotten bored of them yeah and this man is you know just melding them all together it's such a a fuller experience than you're going to get with your everyday movie like we're talking about crazy themes in this that 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 have humongous implications throughout this discussion parasite it's even you know magnify that times 10 sure plus you're also getting the Spielbergian goods delivered yeah. at times. I mean, he's not going full Spielbergian, but he's getting you're no, getting those you're elements, getting those homages. Yeah. You're getting pristine filmmaking. I mean, it's as good as they get. Yeah, I, in my opinion, and uh, the stories are just they wrap you up. Every yeah. one of them, no matter even the 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 ones that I don't like necessarily, like Barking Dogs yeah. or Mother, they do keep you totally engrossed. Yeah, for the for the runtime and yeah. so even the bad movies are good yeah which is a great testament to this High guy bar. Yeah. totally definitely well thank you so much for doing this this man. was fun it, thank you i know it, it it's such a delight to uh go through his career mm-hmm. after seeing such a great movie last night with parasite and and obviously reliving you know his career kind of uh, it it was a great reason to go back and not only watch this movie for the first time for myself and then uh you know Snowpiercer so i've had a hell of a week oh, watching this, all the the bomb i'm so movies. happy for you I yeah cuz it's like yeah. so, you found that new thing and now you yeah. got that new thing for like 10 you, uh, I know. it's i just feel so good for you my yeah. friend that's that's the best feeling in movie watching yeah. when you discover somebody new that yeah. you love I know. and then you got to watch his whole filmography her whole filmography it's the best yeah and and something else that's absolutely terrific is your podcast. Oh, and we, we obviously alluded to that here. Tell people where they can find Mike, Mike and Oscar mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, tell them what it is and, and where they can find it. So, I mean, we make award season year round. That's our tagline there. Uh, we cover the heck out of the Oscar race. And, and, of course, the season here with uh, Oscar Race Checkpoint. That's a weekly award season news show. It's like a news and variety show. Right. We're having a blast with that. We also do MMO Weekly, which is our other news and variety show. Right. You guys have really clicked on our news and variety shows, so we keep yeah. doing that a lot. Yeah. And but that's like the r- other stuff we're really passionate about because we're not yeah. just an Oscar movie podcast. Right. Like, we love horror movies. Mike and I do have done probably a third Although I'm of worried, our catalog. I'm worried about you a little bit. Right. Because I've been listening recently where, <laughs> I'm like, why are you seeing all these children movies out of what you say is obligation? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just, I have no. to. I'm no. seeing them all. I yeah. just, I, I can't I help myself. Felt like it's if it's gonna be uh, an Oscar fair. <laughs> when I hear you go, I, I think. Would you say Angry uh, Birds oh, too? Angry Birds yeah. too, out of obligation to the crowd. No, it was in you the animated the short line, list. <laughs> it's You're a out of control. No, I, what yeah. next? The, like emoji movie too? Are we doing this? Oh, I, well, Ugly Dolls was something that was on my radar. I yeah. I couldn't keep going yeah. with that. I don't know if your kids are into that one, but no, they're they're early on. I like, rarely yeah. shut a movie off halfway through. Right, paid the six dollars for it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'll eat that other three dollars. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get through this. But look, I mean, we got the two weeks. 
weekly shows. We yeah. review one or two movies a week. Otherwise, you know, typically something in theaters. And we try to right. do something like a retrospective or something you watch at home. Sure. But you can find us any everywhere you listen to podcasts. Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Two commas after the mics. Yeah. And Oscar and spelled out. And then, of course, we are everywhere on social media under that name, Mike, Mike, and Oscar. The only thing different is Twitter. It's at MM and Oscar. At right. MM and Oscar. Yeah. I can. I try to. Mike usually does the rundown of the you know where to find us yeah so i did my very best there but yeah uh, no i love love your shoot show too man this has been oh, a lot thanks, of fun dude. i appreciate uh, listening to it you guys are doing a great job the dolomite episode was awesome and uh yeah a lot of fun and actually that laundromat uh, episode was really good i don't know who yeah, you had yeah it was, it was weird right excellent yeah yeah a lot of good content um <laughs> uh, and uh hopefully if all all the dominoes uh go for anybody who wants to get a sneak preview of what we got coming up uh we'll actually have one of uh, someone who is in mm-hmm. Di- Dolomite is my name oh, is going awesome. to be on the pod doing a bonus one for that small interview. Excellent. And uh, Monday, I am interviewing uh, one of the characters from The Irishman. Oh, so I, like one of the real life characters? Yes. Well, <laughs> meaning uh, one of the actresses oh, okay. in the film. Oh, so, I, I, I yeah. thought one of the gangsters yeah. for a second there. And, uh, maybe and a you're Connecticut trying... Homer. Oh. So it's all, if, uh, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you're getting there. So. Excellent. Yeah, so a lot of fun things, and obviously uh, hope to see everybody <laughs> at the Irishman uh, on Friday, too. So a lot of cool things, and, and you guys got a lot of th- anything you're looking forward to to talking about? Well, we were, do- we're hitting up Ford v. Ferrari this week, the, right. the f- following week we got uh beautiful day in the neighborhood frozen two i think the the week after that stacked yeah the week after that we're trying to get this really cool guest for marriage story we'll see if that works (laughs) out and then uh maybe i can bug them for one one or two more down the line but uh yeah we're gonna cover cover every these every one of these big movies and i mean the globes nominees are down uh, down the pike the gotham's kick it off yeah i mean it's it's happening pushed it up this year right? yeah typically we uh we we have a ball with that we could we cover it as soon as possible we yeah take off work whatever we got to do yeah man we're yeah. obsessed exactly <laughs> but it's fun it's so much fun we got to do it yeah man hey live it up man uh it's exactly what i would be uh doing in your shoes this is my version you get to, i have no life I, I, i'm unmarried i was implying that but now i'm saying that. yes I, it's true <laughs> you guys are doing a great job oh, with thanks. it though so thank you for doing that and thanks for doing this all right awesome this is fun <laughs>